3: Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the
0: Sports Betting Network.
3: Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Uh, always follow me on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. When it comes to the NCAA tournament, I I, I talked about this last hour with Greg Hoops Peterson and also with Dave Tooley. There's two factors I look at when breaking down teams and thinking about which teams that I want to back. Maybe it's for a potential upset, but certainly against the number, especially when those teams are dogs. What I look at is veteran teams. It's been said over the years, you know, people like to call them the senior laden teams, and we hear that term a lot. But it makes sense, right? It's why the mid-majors have had success over power five teams in modern history. And it's because these mid-majors have kids that are staying in school, that are playing together for multiple years, as opposed to the roster changeover that happens with some of these top teams that, you know, hey, You bring in a star freshman, the guy's going to go to the NBA draft after a year. Same thing with maybe a guy plays for two years and and then he goes into the draft, whatever. So you do find yourself trying to look for the teams that have cohesion, teams that have played together for multiple seasons. What I looked at is the top teams in the nation that had over 80% of their minutes From last season, playing this season, whether they're seniors or not, could be juniors or even sophomores, whatever, just it's about the minutes. So I only looked at the teams that had over 80%. Those teams, St. Mary's, Jacksonville State, South Dakota State, UCLA, Colorado State, Purdue, Chattanooga, Richmond, And Colgate. Those are teams that had over 80% of their minutes returning this season. I also love three-point shooting teams. You make your threes, it's devastating. Like, I was watching that uh, Tennessee-Texas A&M game, which, by the way, I had Texas A&M. It was the square dog. Everybody was on them, plus the six and a half. They get blown out. I mean, they were down 14 nothing in this game. <laughs> I should have known then the game was over. Um, but Tennessee, just they, they made every three. They shot over 40 something percent from the from three point range. And it was just devastating because when uh, AM would maybe get a stop, get a basket, and you feel good about yourself, and then they give up a three. And it's like all that hard work to get those two points was just erased, and now you're even down by one more point. And then that one, and then I there was one possession where Tennessee made a three, stole the inbounds pass, and made another three. Three pointers are killers. So here are the top teams, the top tournament teams, I should say, in three point percentage: South Dakota State, Colgate, Purdue. Virginia Tech, Davidson, Loyola, and Jacksonville State. Now, if a couple of those names are familiar to your ear, it's because I just talked about them. Because there's actually four teams that cross over here that are qualifying for both categories, which I love. Top three-point three point percentage team in the nation, meaning like top ten, and over 80% of their minutes returning from a season prior. Those veteran teams that are great three point shooting teams are Jacksonville State, who is currently plus 16 and a half against Auburn, South Dakota State plus two against Providence, Purdue minus 16 and a half against Yale, and Colgate plus seven and a half against Wisconsin. I like all of those teams on those numbers. I really do. I think South Dakota State will be a popular upset pick. I think Colgate will be a popular pick as well against Wisconsin. Jacksonville State, I'm just going to take with the points. Hope they keep this thing close. And then Purdue, I think, blows out Yale. Yale... Has got, I don't want to say it's disrespectful to say teams got no business being in this tournament. They went out and they won the Ivy League tournament. So congratulations. But Princeton won the regular season. They were the best team in that conference. Yale wins the, the tournament and they're in. That's life in a in a one-bid league. So stinks. But they got no size. And Purdue inside is just gonna abuse them. So I don't see how they're gonna score. I don't see how they're gonna defend and Purdue probably wins this game by 20. You know, this is going to be one of those, like, it might even be more than that. This is going to be like a 70-something to 40-something game, uh, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, and, and, you know, it's we do see these blowouts sometimes in the NCAA tournament where, you know, you'll have, like, the one seed or the two seed, and they win, like, 95 to 50 or whatever. We see these blowouts happen a lot. I think Purdue winds up being a blowout against Yale let me give you the spreads on all of these games though for all of the teams not just the four that crossed over so the veteran teams St. Mary's they'll play against the play-in winner of Wyoming or Indiana I mentioned Jacksonville State South Dakota State Purdue and Colgate UCLA is laying 13 and a half against Akron Colorado State a veteran team plus two and a half against Michigan Chattanooga, who will be another very popular Cinderella. They are plus seven and a half against Illinois and Richmond plus eight and a half against Iowa, Iowa a team that Dave Tooley is very high on. He has them going to the final four. As far as your three point shooting teams outside of the four that we mentioned in Jacksonville State, South Dakota State, Purdue and Colgate. Virginia Tech. They are coming off the ACC tournament win against Duke. So, this is going to be a very popular pick. But Virginia Tech, plus one and a half against Texas. Davidson, plus one and a half against Michigan State. Loyola, minus one and a half against Ohio State. Yes, Loyola, Chicago, is the favorite team against the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes from the Big Ten. One and a half points on uh, that game. And uh, let's check to see if it's still there. Um, Yep, the 10 seed is the favorite over the seven seed there still. It's at one, actually, so it went down a little bit. Uh, And then uh, that's it. Then I mentioned Jacksonville State. So three-point shooting teams. Veteran teams, those are the ones that I look at, and especially when they're underdogs, and you got a bunch of these ones as underdogs. The only favorites on both of these lists are um, Purdue is the only favorite. Purdue and UCLA are the only favorites on this list, and then we'll see what St. Mary's is at when it comes to the playing game winner against Wyoming or Indiana. I have a feeling that St. Mary's actually might find themselves as an underdog. Not sure. Just yet. Oh, and Loyola, the one-point spread. So I will probably be playing all of these teams. I don't know if I'm picking them all to upset my bracket. Possibly I'll pick the the close spread. So like vatech is plus one and a half, Davidson plus one and a half. So those are the teams I'll have advancing in the bracket. But as far as Colgate plus seven and a half, maybe. Maybe I'll have that as one of the upsets. Richmond, eight and a half over Iowa, probably not. Chattanooga, Illinois, maybe. Colorado State plus Michigan, yeah, I'll probably have that. Uh, South Dakota State against Providence, yeah. Jacksonville State, certainly not against Auburn. Uh, and then Purdue is the favorite that will dominate that. So those are the games that I will be looking at as far as the number goes, simply because of the trend there of that I love veteran teams, and three-point shooting teams. Speaking of upsets, 12-5 upsets are the most popular upsets in the NCAA tournament. In 31 of the last 36 years, think about that for a second, 31 of the last 36 years, a 12 seed has beaten a five. The only years that it did not happen, 1988, 2000-2007
4: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: It not my That's my, my
4: game, bro.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: There's plenty to celebrate in March and expect... craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free
3: 2018 in 2019 three 12 seeds advanced to the second round and in 2013 and 2014 three 12 seeds won those games um and the four the third I keep saying 14 cuz it's 13 4 but when I'm just messing myself up the 13 4 upsets have happened frequently over the past couple of years 22 14 seeds have upset three seeds since 1985 but it's happened very it's happened often frequently 13 seeds won two games last year. North Texas over Purdue, Ohio over Virginia. It also happened twice in 2018. Buffalo over Arizona and Marshall over Wichita State. So it's happened five times since 2018. These are popular upsets. We will go over those matchups and other upset potential games coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network.
4: in the Sports Betting Network.
3: Join the College Hoops action for free with the March Mania Survivor presented by KFC. Pick winning teams throughout the tournament to outlast the competition and feast on your share of $30,000. Head to DraftKings.com slash KFC March now to play free for your cut of the cash. KFC, it's finger looking good. Terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Let's talk upsets. Scott Satterberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on vSAN, the sports betting network. Going through the history of upsets here in the tourney. And let's go by seed starting at the bottom. Going to the top. There has been just one 16 seed to beat a one seed, and what a game it was. 2018, we'll never forget it. It was UMBC, yes, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. UMBC beating Virginia in that first-round game. A uh, uh, The first, first and only number 16 seed to beat a one seed. They were 0-132 prior to 2018. 18, 15 seeds versus two seeds. There have been nine, 15 seeds to defeat two seeds. The most recent, just last season, Oral Roberts with the win over Ohio state in overtime, 75, 72 in 2016, mid Tennessee defeated Michigan state. And then in 2013, Florida Gulf coast against Georgetown, 2012, Two, two seeds went down to 15s. Lehigh beat Duke, Norfolk State beat Missouri. 14 threes, my favorite, 22. 14 seeds have defeated three seeds. Abilene Christian over Texas last season. Stephen F. Austin over West Virginia in 2016 and 2015 two times. You had Georgia State and UAB winning, Georgia State beating Baylor, UAB with the win over, um, UAB with the win over Iowa State. Uh, So that was most recently there. Um, Let's see here. That was, what year am I in? History of 13 versus four seeds. Uh, okay, that is, what did I just say? I said the 14 seeds. Yeah, well, it's not my favorite. Now, those are the 14 threes. So the 14 threes have actually happened once last year, once in 2016, two in 2015. Now we go to my favorite, the 13 fours. That's what we like. 31, 13 seeds have defeated four seeds. Last year, two. Ohio over Virginia, North Texas over Purdue, 2019 UC Irvine against Kansas State, 2018 Marshall over Wichita State, Buffalo over Arizona. So in recent history, we've had five times in the last th- uh 2018, 2019, 2021 in the last three tournaments because remember we didn't have 2020. The 12-5s, everybody's darlings, this has happened a lot and it's happened multiple times in a tournament a bunch 51 12 seeds have defeated a five seed in the first round last season oregon state over tennessee in that great run that they had in 2019 you had three upsets murray state over marquette oregon over wisconsin liberty over mississippi state 2017 it was middle tennessee against minnesota 2016, you had Little Rock over Purdue and Yale over Baylor. And then both 2014 and 2013, you had three 12 seeds beating a five seed. So it happened three years, three teams in 2013, three teams in 2014. And then, of course, everybody rushed to bet it in 2015. And what happened? There was no uh, upsets there. In 2015, but they returned uh for the upsets in twenty sixteen with Yale over per- uh, Baylor, Little Rock over Purdue. And then every and then twenty eighteen there were none, but twenty nineteen there were three, and twenty twenty one there was one. So this is a, an upset that I like. I really do. And this year's tournament bracket, I think it's been uh twelve seeds. I don't know how many I like to pull up sets. Your 12-5 matchups, UAB-Houston, not crazy about it. New Mexico State-UConn, not crazy about it. Um, St. Mary's against the playing winner, maybe that's the one I would look at, the playing winner. And then Richmond-Iowa, not crazy about that. To me, it's the 13s and the 4s is what I'm into. And a couple of them are very... Very interesting, including Chattanooga against Illinois, something that Jonathan Von Tobel and Amal Shaw
0: talked about earlier here on VCEN. The other matchup that's going to be a lot of fun illinois and chattanooga one of the bigger discrepancies on the board between the ken palm and then the betting line illinois uh, illinois opens up seven and a half a projected five point win according to ken palm site which sometimes the betting market really does reflect that a lot um, all uh, but from a matchup standpoint overall too this seems like it's going to be a fun one because chattanooga dominant defensively in the socon 99.3 points allowed per 100 possessions 30.4 percent allowed from beyond the arc to their opponents in conference play I think there's a little bit of a, uh, hey, you know, what do you do with a guy like Kofi Coburn? Uh, But, you know, Silvio D'Souza, former Jayhawk, that's down low, that can match up with him, gives up a little bit of size. But I would look at this overall, I think Chattanooga will be pretty live here in this matchup against Illinois.
4: I don't disagree with you. David Jean Baptiste had that game winning shot against Furman. Was terrific all year long. But you know, you mentioned D'Souza. D'Souza only fifth in minutes played on this team. Yeah, hasn't really been effective. And we saw why KU wasn't that worried about whether he came back from an eligibility standpoint.
0: I just uh, wonder if you because you're grasping for size to match up with yes. Coburn. Do you get a little bit more in terms of minutes out of him? Right.
4: I, I, that's a great point, yep. And I think you will because he's the only guy on that roster that can really at least challenge. And can he stay out of foul trouble with the key for this team? Illinois. Has been inconsistent Hawkins when he gets to the free throw line inconsistent we know he can knock down threes we've seen what Plummer can do shooting the ball but he has been a little bit inconsistent down the stretch got up to a fast start in Big Ten play Uh, you know for me it's really going to be about Andre Carbello can he dictate (laughs) this game and how well he plays I think it's going to be key whether Illinois covers this game or not yeah
0: Andre Carbello has uh, long been uh, I guess the goat of the uh the shortcomings of Illinois. At times, he could be a pretty decent player, but at other times, a little wild and out of control. And we saw him at the uh, the middle of their loss uh, last time out, Illinois, with a uh, chance against Indiana. Big fast break opportunity. He gets down the floor but a little too wild and misses a layup. And Corbello's kind of been hot and cold, and for the most part, he's been kind of cold. You do wonder what the minutes played, uh, if maybe you start to see those get cut into because he has been a little bit uh, inconsistent, we'll call it, to be fair.
4: Oh, you're absolutely right, and that's putting in mildly. And, uh, you know, Frazier's another guy who's been on that roster forever. He's going to have to play well if the Alina are going to advance. He can shoot the ball from the perimeter. He needs to do an effective job.
0: And here's my thing with uh, Illinois. And uh, you know, a lot of the times when you look at uh, ATS numbers, a lot of people will take them as gospel. For me and all when I look at ATS numbers, it's a represented, it's a representation of how the market views you. And if you're covering numbers right, uh, then the market, you know, you're a little undervalued by the market. But if you're not covering those numbers, you're a little overvalued by the market. This is an Illinois team that was 13 and 18 against the spread this season, only covered 42 percent of their games in conference play. They were nine and 12 ATS. Uh, they're a team that I think the market perceives to be a little bit better, and some of these numbers represent that. Again, when some of the statistical websites project this as a five point. but the line out there seven and a half it represents that you know kind of discrepancy that we've seen now at this point get prepared for all the madness with VEASAN's tournament betting guide daily best bet emails
4: plus full access to VEASAN through April
3: that was Amal Shaw and uh, Jonathan Von Tobel earlier here on VEASAN breaking down one of the potential upsets in the uh, 14-3 matchups the other one that I'm that we'll get to uh, coming up next is Colgate, Wisconsin. I'm not interested in Yale-Purdue. Don't think that's going to happen. Not interested in Montana State against Texas Tech. But Chattanooga, absolutely interested in playing them plus the number. And then Colgate as well against Wisconsin. We will get to that one coming up next. Uh, Going through more upsets here. Let's go move on to the 11 versus 6. It's happened 54 times. Uh, Last season, UCLA beat BYU 11-6. Syracuse beat San Diego State last year as well. 2019, Ohio State over Iowa State. 2018, Loyola over Miami. Syracuse over TCU. Three times it happened in 2017. Three times in 2016. And what we've noticed in a lot of these have been play-in winners teams that win the play-in games as come in at the 11 seeds, you know, typically, and have had success moving on. So, first four to final four? It's happened before? <laughs> I just rhymed a lot there. Scott Seidenberg here with you. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Scott's on air. S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll talk about that Wisconsin game uh, against Colgate and the play in games as well. This is the look ahead as we continue to break down the brackets here on BCV Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on v the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next college basketball bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line, over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VSIN.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. In continuing to talk about the potential upsets in the NCAA tournament, a team that is attracting a lot of attention is Colgate. Colgate plays against Wisconsin in their first game, and while I don't think that I'm going to pick Colgate to win the game outright. As we talked about with our very own Greg Hoops-Peterson, the game is in Milwaukee, so it will be a home court advantage for the Badgers. But Colgate plus the points is very appealing to me, especially when you consider they land in two of my favorite categories, which is a veteran team that had over 80% of their minutes returned from a season ago, and a top three-point shooting team in the nation. Colgate, upset potential against Wisconsin. Let's hear from Jonathan Von Tobel and Amal Shaw.
1: Yeah, I took the eight with Colgate. Um, This might be trendy, Um, and Wisconsin is a team that, give them credit, you know, won the Big Ten regular season, but you look at how they finished, Stormy, they lost and closed out with a loss to Nebraska uh, in, in an opportunity, by the way, at home, to clinch the outright Big Ten championship, so because of that, they ultimately you know fall to the two line. They're bounced early uh, in uh, in in that uh, in the Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. So you look at Colgate, uh, another veteran team coming out of the Patriot League, really cruised their way through that conference tournament, uh, beat Navy in the championship by 16. This is a team that can shoot incredibly well, effective field goal percentage at number 11. They are the second best three point shooting team in the country at four percent. So to me, when I'm going to take a flyer on an upset or one of these dogs, I love to find a veteran team that shoots the ball really, really well. And that's what you're getting in the Colgate Raiders. Once again, you, you look down that roster, senior, 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 mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they haven't lost a game, Stormy, since January 28th. Mm-hmm. They're trending in the right direction. Uh, maybe they are. Maybe they do become a little uh, of that trendy underdog. It's possible, uh, but I think this is a good spot. Catch the eight. Those numbers are moving. Ken Palm makes this a seven-point game. And, and the biggest thing for me with Wisconsin is Johnny Davis's health. If he's not fully healthy, this is a completely different Wisconsin team. They'd love to win close games. Hey, if they win a close game, I'm cool with it. Take the eight with Colgate.
0: Well, and another thing, too, just with regards to Wisconsin, is we talked about Providence earlier and their luck factor. Wisconsin's another team that's top ten in Ken Pomeroy in terms of that luck rating. The Badgers have played 21 games this year that were decided by eight points or fewer. So I like where your thought is at 100% with regards to that matchup. Another, uh, oh, go ahead. And,
1: and real quickly, though, I mean, if you, as you see it in in uh, in, in the NCAA tournament, and, and I would say that Colgate is worth a little bit of a flyer on the money line because if they get hot, mm-hmm. you just you're you're you know you you've got an opportunity. One caveat though is that this game is being played in Milwaukee, uh, about a two and a half hour drive. From Madison, obviously, if you graduate from Madison or you are a Wisconsin fan, you probably live in Wisconsin or Madison. So there's plenty of red that'll be at Fiserv Forum (laughs) for that game. So not an ideal location for Colgate, Uh, but I do like the fact that they are an elite shooting team. If they get hot, they've got an opportunity. So uh, I do think at eight, is certainly worth a play, and uh, we'll see where the market ultimately trends with Colgate. But that was my first bet, Uh, and only at this point.
3: That was our very own Tim Murray and Stormy Buonantoni earlier today on uh, the Bracket Preview Show. And yes, um, this is a game that I'm all over. Everything that Tim Murray said is exactly what I was looking at. And he mentioned it. Senior-laden team. He went down the roster. Senior, senior, senior. And that's what I looked at when it came to this team. It's over 80% of the minutes from last season returning to play this season. It's a veteran team that has played together for a while. They know each other. They trust each other. And those are the teams that have success in March. But I am cautious because of the game being played in Milwaukee. And I just don't want to go against Wisconsin playing a game in front of their home fans. Right? And also, (laughs) if look, Johnny Davis looked terrible in the Big Ten tournament. There's just no other way around it. He looked bad. Um, if he looks good, he has the potential to be the tournament most outstanding player if Wisconsin goes on to win this thing. Now, I don't think they're going to do that, but that's the type of player he is. He could win the Naismith Award. He's that good. And when it comes to these tournaments, a lot of the times, the stars take over. And that could happen here with... Johnny Davis, and Wisconsin. But I really do like Colgate with the number. And I, it, you're not going to get the best of it now because it opened up. We saw on that video that uh, Circa had it at nine, went down to eight. I see seven and a half now. So people have jumped in on Colgate as the underdog. Again, a very popular upset in recent years has been 13 seeds over four seeds. I also talked about The potential upsets of a 12-5 and 11-6. Now, the 12-5 matchups, I don't think we're going to get New Mexico State over UConn. Don't think we're going to get UAB over Houston. I got no interest in Richmond, Iowa. But Wyoming or Indiana over St. Mary's is interesting. And Wyoming, Indiana is one of the playing games that we will see coming up here in Dayton. It is the uh, first of the playing games, well, second of the playing games. Texas A&M Corpus Christi and Texas Southern will play in the first playing game, and then Indiana, Wyoming in the nightcap on Tuesday. Here is a preview
0: of Indiana, Wyoming. Indiana opens up as a three-and-a-half-point favorite against Wyoming. So I, I made a few bets on the openers, and you're still seeing the number over at DraftKings at three-and-a-half with a total of about 132. Uh, I'm involved in this game here. I lay three-and-a-half against Wyoming. So you mentioned EK. You mentioned Hunter Maldonado. One of the things that Wyoming does is that they are somewhat limited offensively in that they have two really good players in Maldonado and EK. But when you watch them offensively, it is taking turns down the, you know, go down the go down the uh, court, post one guy up, and see what comes of it. Hunter Maldonado, even though he's a guard, he's about 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, he operates He's Primarily out of the post, and it's the same thing with Ike. UNLV and, of course, Boise State as well gave the blueprint out there. You just don't let him go through you. If you force him to shoot over you, Ike, that he's not going to be very effective. He was very ineffective in two Mountain West Conference tournament games, and I think that Indiana has enough size down there to bother the two post players in Maldonado and, of course, uh, in Ike.
4: I think TJD is better than Graham Ike. Ike mm-hmm. is a terrific player as a sophomore, but I think Trace Jackson Davis is far superior. You mentioned Hunter Maldonado for people who haven't seen him play. He's the point for Wyoming. But he's, as you alluded to 6667, but I think we could see potentially a guy like race Thompson on him and Thompson could negate what he can do. He's physical. He's got length on him. And then if you've got to rely on Jeffries and Oden to knock down shots, I think it could be a difficult time for this team. I like fantasy. I like this team with uh, Xavier Johnson running the point for Indiana. I'm with you. I like Indiana in this game against Wyoming. Once we start getting past this number of three, three and a half, potentially four it becomes a little bit tricky. But I still think I use a more complete basketball team. The run that they had in this tournament really will help propel them. They played extremely well against a team like Illinois, who has Coburn on the inside, able to negate what he did. I, I think they're right there in position. If you look back at the Iowa game, if you are Mike Woodson, you're like, hey, we really should have been playing today against Purdue. And they blew that opportunity.
0: And, and this is the cool part about now. So we get all wrapped up in, hey, the numbers, the lines are out, everything. Yeah. Well, now the totals are starting to come out. And so you're starting to see a wide variety of totals here, too. So if your totals better, you should be able to find the number you want. Right now, the total is from 130 and a half to 132 and a half. The two-point difference that's out there in the market. So if you want to bet this thing, which I would think that this starts to go under that 132 and a half, I would assume disappears looking at these two teams and the way that they play. Also expecting that three and a half disappear to go to four because four is populate the board right now. Get
4: prepared.
3: And that was Jonathan von Tobel and Amal Shaw earlier talking about that playing game, Indiana, Wyoming. Right now in the DraftKings Sportsbook, Indiana minus four with a total of 132. And yeah, I would lean Indiana in this one and and had i not watched what they did in the big 10 tournament i wouldn't be on them here first of all they wouldn't be in this game Uh, you know maybe somebody that got left out like an smu or a texas a m or whatever would be uh would be in this game but indiana's run through the big 10 tournament got them into this tournament first it was the win over michigan and then they really really performed well against illinois and they were able to handle uh kofi cockburn in in coburn inside and uh the way that that the way that mike woodson had this team playing down the stretch knowing that their backs were up against the wall is absolutely going to help them here in this play-in game i'm scott seidenberg hit me up on twitter at scott's on air s-c-o-t-t-s-o-n-a-i-r this is the look at here on vcnv sports betting network
4: in the sports betting network
0: get
3: everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24 7 streaming daily best bet emails and our tournament betting guide including advice data and strategy for only 19 dollars whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread our team is here to get you ready for every game in every round of the tournament Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel, and Tim Murray. They have insights on every key team, conference, and a player to watch from the favorites to the potential Cinderellas. Sign up today and get the betting guide plus full access to VSIN through April 5th for only $19 at vsin.com/slash madness. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. Speaking of our experts, uh, Matt Humans will join me coming up uh, about 20 minutes or so from now. And we'll continue to talk about the uh, brackets and potential upsets and things that we like here in the first uh, round of the NCAA tournament. But while we're talking hoops, let's get into some NBA. Uh, we had some fun games here uh, on Sunday. The Knicks cover once again. Uh, they lose to the Nets 110 107, but they covered. And that is now one, two, three, four, five, six straight ATS for the Knicks. They lose to the Suns in a game where they should have won it outright. They lose by a buzzer beater, three. Then they win against the Clippers, Kings, and Mavericks outright as dogs they lose to the grizzlies by just four they lose to the nets by three so six straight ats for the Knicks. their next game is coming up uh later on this week at home against the blazers would probably be a spot to back what's up i'm john
4: wall and i'm cj Toledana, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called point game
3: The New York Knicks uh, in a rare favorite spot here uh, coming up later on this week. Clippers top the Pistons 106-102. That was a push of a four-point spread. The Mavericks beat the Celtics in Boston. Luka Doncic with 26 points, eight boards, eight assists. In overtime, the Sixers beat the Magic 116-114. Yeah, they did not cover that game. Hawks beat the Pacers 131-128. Atlanta was a 12-and-a-half-point favorite, and they won by just three points. Pelicans beat the Rockets 130-105. That was a blowout. Grizzlies topped the Thunder 125-118, and then the Suns embarrassed the Lakers 140-111. to 111. After the first quarter of this game, the Suns were up 48-22. to 22. Ouch. LeBron had 31 points in the loss. Devin Booker, 30 points, two rebounds, and 10 dimes. Taking a look at the NBA standings right now, uh, Miami, two and a half games up on both Philadelphia and Milwaukee for the one seed, <coughs> excuse me, in the Eastern Conference. Cleveland is just one game up on Toronto now for the sixth and seventh seeds. Remember how important it is to get that sixth seed so you avoid the playing tournament. Cleveland has is three and seven in their last 10 games, Toronto five and five, but Toronto has won three straight games. So they're just one game back. Uh, And in the West, the Grizzlies are a half game up on the Warriors for the two seed. Uh, You have Denver a game and a half up on Minnesota for the seven and the six. Minnesota has done well. They've won eight of their last 10 games. Uh, the Lakers are the ninth seed, and they are right now just a game and a half up on the Pelicans, who are the ten seed, and the Lakers are two and a half games up on the Blazers, who are the eleven. And again, it's I keep bringing this up. Portland lost six games in a row where they just looked pathetic if they showed any signs of life in those games, the Lakers right now would probably be on the outside looking in. Because Portland would be... Actually, no, the Lakers would be still ahead of New Orleans, but uh, New Orleans would be on the outside looking in. The Lakers would be there, and, and and Portland would be ahead of the Lakers. So we'll see what happens down the stretch. It's still not a guarantee that the Lakers get into this playing round. Uh, Portland could start to turn things around. Speaking of Portland turning things around, taking a look at the schedule on Monday, Portland's in an interesting spot. This is something that Dave Tooley talked about earlier with us here on The Look Ahead. He calls it a swagger spot, swagger play. A team that loses six games in a row and then snaps that losing streak. You back them after they snap the losing streak. So Portland lost six games in a row. And in all six games, we're talking about non-competitive. Losing by 30 somewhat points. Just blowouts. They lose 132-95, 124-92, 120-90, 135-121, kept it close. 124-81 was an embarrassment. And then 123-85, another embarrassment. But then they beat the Wizards, a game where they were uh, six-and-a-half-point dogs at home. They win outright, 127-118. to They snapped their losing streak. Now on Monday, they will go to Atlanta to take on the Hawks, who just played on Sunday and did not cover as a a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. And that's what the line is for this game. The Hawks are 12 and a half point favorites at home against the Blazers. I, if, I don't know how to bet the Blazers. Like, I guess just hold your nose and just take the points. This is, this is the system. You got to take the team that just snapped their losing streak. So, uh, we might have a small play backing the Blazers, seeing if this truly does play out. Um, the other one that uh, Dave pointed out is teams that have winning streaks snapped. You go against them after they lose. So the Bucks had won six straight games and then they lose to the Warriors. Now they are at the Jazz. On Monday and they are one and a half point favorites taking the jazz at home as the home dog seems like the system play there other games on the Monday schedule Clippers are at the Cavs Cleveland is six and a half point favorites Nuggets are at the 76ers Philly a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Remember, Philly here on Sunday just played overtime with the Magic in a game where they should have blew them out. Uh, In that game, Joel Embiid had 35 points with uh, 16 rebounds. James Harden had 26 points in that game. Uh, They still failed to cover here against the Orlando Magic, and now playing the second day in a row, and this time they are at home against Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets. Uh, I like Denver in this one. I really do. I think that this is going to be the one that everyone's talking about. The battle of the MVPs, the Joker against Embiid. I'm going with the Joker in this one. I think he'll have his way here and uh, expose Embiid a little bit. And after this game, you might see those MVP odds change and Joker might overtake Embiid and become the favorite. The Hornets are at the Thunder. Charlotte is laying eight and a half. Timberwolves are at the Spurs and Minnesota is laying five. The Warriors are 12 and a half point favorites at home against the Wizards. The Bulls are at the Kings. Chicago is a a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, And then the Raptors are at the Lakers. Lakers playing for the second straight night after being embarrassed by the Phoenix Suns. The Lakers are four-and-a-half-point home dogs to the Toronto Raptors. And as always with the Lakers, whenever they play against uh, or on the second night of a back-to-back, you always have to look through the rosters, injury reports, see who's playing, see who's not playing. Um, LeBron did play against the Suns, obviously, but they're going to see how he feels before making a determination for his availability against toronto it's a short flight from phoenix so it's not ideal but the latest report was we will see and i think that that uncertainty is baked into the line there with the lakers a four and a half point dog plus the lakers just there's always that i'm scott seidenberg this is the look ahead here on decent